Words from the Hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. This is actually called the Christmas Truth of 1914. On the 24th, Christmas Eve, there was the World War I raging, and the, uh, the German forces on the one side, and the English forces on the other side, and they warred in trenches. So there are trenches on both sides, and then there was a no man's land in between them. So if you cross that place, you're dead, more or less. And that's, well, that was the danger of that guy letting out his heart first and stepping out. So in that place was actually a scary, scary moment when um, war was just literally, mayhem was just about to happen. But because it was a Christmas carol that united them. They were singing several hymns that night. One of, the, one of the hymns they sang was Silent Night, Holy Night, All is Calm, All is Bright. Another hymn they sang was Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the New Born King. Another hymn they sang was O Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dead Savior's bed. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the world and the soul felt his world. It's a thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious moon. Fall on your knees. Some, some of these hymn writers are incredible, incredible. The mindset that actually drove them to pen down these words, and these words are so eternal that you're singing them a thousand years from when they were written, and they still have like your spirit, your heart racing, and your spirit really thumping in the power of the gravity of these words that these men wrote down. If in 1914, in the middle of the war, a hymn could unite two warring, and they could come out and actually literally play football together that night. Then think about all the troubles we have in the world today and the power in God to be able to break through every inhibition we have to establish something in the middle of this time. So the topic of our message this morning is a thrill of hope. Luke chapter 2, verse 10 to 11. Let's start from there. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. I know we've attended many Christmas services and had many Christmas sermons. Hopefully, this is not one of those boring uh, Christmas cities. A baby was born in Bethlehem, and uh, you know there was no room for them in the inn. You know, I hope it's not just a lullaby for you, but something really will pump in your heart at the end of this conversation that we're having. These soldiers on the, on the eve of Christmas in 1914 found incredible hope. They beat this one enemy in their hearts, first of all, and expressed hope for a warless time, expressed hope for them to be able to come together across the divide. This actually one of the most profound Christmas stories ever told, you understand, about people who are literally in war, ready to kill each other, coming out and playing football. So at the end of that playing football and going back, they have to ask themselves, like, like dude, why were we really fighting, right? They, they have to ask, was it so important to fight like we could actually just, look at the people I'm trying to kill, like, literally it's just a man like me and we're playing soccer together, like, do we need to fight? And this is a conversation in the time of contradiction. But hope is not easy in the face of challenges at all. So this hope of believing that there will be no war is not easy in the time when there is challenge. And the Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Proverbs chapter 13 Verse 12, 
Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Why do we struggle with hope? Because sometimes hope is postponed. You're hoping to get this, it's postponed. You're hoping to get that, it's pushed forward. You're hoping for something. And it's not just working. So Christmas sits at that time at the end of the year when we evaluate. When we just sit down and count and say, what have we done in 2021? Or whatever year Christmas sits at. As a result, what happens is that we're always constantly judging ourselves very harshly as to whether the year has been of any benefit. And that pours a lot of cold water on people. People get the chills. How can a world full of war and pain and corona experience hope? How can a world battling cancer and incurable diseases experience hope? How can a world where big powers weaponize biological disease against humanity experience hope? And if you bring it down home, how can me, who don't have money, experience hope? Somebody said, you think I'm depressed? I'm actually not depressed. Just send me credit a lot and you'll see my depression fly away the window, right? <laughs> it's not depression. It's just credit a lot. Then, you know, there was this social media meme about a husband whose wife, he and the wife were quarreling. And then she sent, he sent her a lot, 20K. She was still quarreling. He sent her a lot, 50K. She was still quarreling. He sent her a lot, 100K. Then she stood up and said, you know you know how to make somebody happy. <laughs> the quarrel change. So sometimes, <laughs> our personal problems just send credit a lot and the problems will be wiped away. But there are problems that are intractable. Many of us have sorrow of spirit. Many of us have brokenness at deep levels where just the credit alert will not wipe it out. Some of us have money problems that have not been solved. Some of us have human problems. Some of us have brokenness problems that nothing can give us hope. Hope becomes impossible. And the Bible says hope is the anchor of our faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So in the whole idea of faith, faith is useless without hope. Hope is actually what you're looking for in that whole journey of faith. What are you hoping for? Faith is actually what gives back into what you're hoping for. The action you take because you're hoping for something. But if you're waiting for a child and is deferred, it makes the heart sick. If you're waiting for reconciliation because you are in a fight with someone and is deferred, it makes the heart sick. If you're waiting for situation to be different and is deferred, it makes the heart sick. So there will be no thrill of hope for you. Hope is easy when there is nothing at stake. Like when there's nothing really at stake, hope becomes easy. Yeah? You can, you can sit down and dream of castles in the sky. You can talk about meadows and write mundane things like in the Elizabethan times. How many of you are into poetry here? Poetry? Yeah, thank you. Oh, thank you. Poets, poets, please, poets, show up, show up today. Yeah, thank you. You like poetry. You like some measure of poets, po poetry. Yeah. In the golden age of poetry, it was called the Elizabethan age. Yeah. What they did after they conquered the world and after industrial revolution happened was the flowering of poetry. How they made poetry very, very flowery. So the sonnets, the ballads, the Shakespeare theater. You know, how many of you read Shakespeare? Oh, you don't know what you're missing. I speak to you science students, repent. You don't know what you're, you don't know what you're missing. There's nothing like 
Etu Brutus or something like that. Or when you read John Birago Diop, in vain your bangos cast charm circles at my feet and my biko calling for the first and repeated time. Oh, that was John Pepe Clark or does that Wole Shainka? <laughs> you understand? When you read poetry, poetry is amazing. Night rain. In the night hour, it seeps into the bags, the vats, and the yachts. Oh. When there is nothing to do, poetry flows. When there is no contest, poetry weaves in. When there is peace. Oh, so let me read this quote from the Britannica. The Elizabethan age saw the flowering of poetry. The sonnet, the, the Spenserian stanza, dramatic blank verse was the golden age of drama, especially for the plays of Shakespeare, and inspired a wide variety of splendid prose from historical chronicles, versions of the Holy Scriptures, pamphlets, literary criticism for, to the first English novels. From about the beginning of the 17th century, this era ended when Elizabeth sort of died and became, and there was a darkening of literary expression, especially in drama. The change more or less coincided with the death of Elizabeth. Queen Elizabeth was the era of poetry and nice words. She brought, her reign was peace. This was when England was admired by the whole world. Do you know when we have peace, we can have hope easily? We can have poetry. You can write, you know. Do you know when you have hope? Like, I don't know how many of you have dated before. When I was dating Hadiza, I used to write the baddest poems. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was hoping to win her heart. And as a result, my poetry was, my poetry game was top level. I'll make I was a graphics designer then. I would make two chairs in the middle of an island and I write a line on that. Sometime, someday we will find the world, just the two of us. <laughs> Until she said no and my heart was broken and then I had to go and write another poem, Hadiza Must Die. <laughs> This beating pain on the inside of me, this pangs that holds me without end, must die and let go of me. <laughs> Hope makes you poetic. Hope deferred makes you sick. Hope makes you strong. Hope deferred makes you broken. Hope makes you adventurous. Hope deferred makes you crumble. Hope makes you rise up and go every day. Hope deferred shuts you down. Why is there such hopelessness in the world if it's the will of God for man to have hope? Why do people kill each other? Why do men hurt? Why are people broken? Why are the nations crying out? If this is the will of God for men to have hope, we begin to look into the word of God and begin to see travesty that human existence exists in the context of. John chapter 16 verse 33 is the first place. It says, these things I've spoken to you that you may have peace, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. This is a very simple message. I want you to get it. It's very simple. In the world you will have troubles. In the world it's not going to be perfect. But I've spoken these things ahead so that you listen to me. In me, you have peace. In me, you have what? Peace. In the world, full of tribulation, but be of good cheer. That I, because I have overcome the world. Number two. 
First Peter chapter 4, verse 12 to 13. Be, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though something strange has happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad with exceeding joy. If you're going through hard stuff, don't think about it as a strange thing. If you're going through persecution, don't think about it as a strange thing. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trials that will try you. God is not a God who, you know, there's, there are different versions of Christianity that people preach today. Sometimes there is a, actually like a, a romantic Christianity that we're preaching that is actually not real. But when you read the Bible, it says, don't think that it's strange when you go through trials. Don't think it's strange when you go through trials. Don't think it's strange when you go through hardness. Don't think it's strange when you go through persecution. Don't think it's strange. Don't think it's strange. Rather, rejoice. Because glory is coming. Glory is coming. It's this fantastic song I love. And there's gonna be glory. There's gonna be glory. There will be glory after this. No need to worry. This present suffering, there will be glory after this. Oh, the joy, the joy, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, He is my. If I could sing, eh? Hi. The whole world will not rest. They will be hearing my voice. Ah! Because the way I enjoy songs on the inside is not the same way it comes out. <laughs> God knows that I will kill the whole world with my voice. Frank, we just think a little bit. You just be hearing me on your streets in the morning. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just helping my neighbors. The little I can sing, all my neighbors don't rest. In the middle of the night, just hear, hey, After a while, I can say, this, sound, this sounds mad. Just relax, okay? <laughs> 1 John chapter 5, verse 19. We know that we are of God. We know that we are of God. And the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. We know that we are of God. But the whole world, the world system lies under the sway, lies under the influence, lies under the movement of the wicked one. These are the things that break the world and this is the reason why Christ came. God wants you not to catch this worldly currency. God wants you to catch the currency of his kingdom. You understand? God wants you to catch the currency of his will, of his purpose among men. God wants you to catch the currency of who he is despite the brokenness in the world. God wants you to have hope regardless of everything that is bad in the world. I know many people, when I sit down to have one-on-one -on -one conversations, many of the questions people ask me is, Pastor Mo, like... Does God really, really care about me? Maybe God cares about the big things, like world peace, like he holds the world order so that nations will not finish each other off. But does God really care about me personally? Does he even know I'm ex that I exist among the billions of people all over the world? Does God really care about me? And that's the beautiful thing about God. Scripture is very explicit that God cares about you personally. He cares about you. He cares about you. He loves you. Someone this morning, I want you to remember that God loves you personally. He loves you.
is not judging you. He's here to help you. Another song says, He loves me. I cannot say why. He loves me. I cannot say why. On Calvary Street, He suffered for me. He loves me. I cannot say why. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with my loving kindness. I will never leave you nor forsake you. If it can a mother forget her suckling's child? No. Even though she may, then I will never forget you. I love you personally. I love you personally, says the Spirit of God. Say amen. God loves you. He knows your name. He knows your situation. He knows where you are. He knows how many times you cry yourself to sleep. He knows how much brokenness exists in your family. He knows the personal problems that you have. He knows you. He knows you. Oh, Lord God, I receive your love. <laughs> Someone here needs to receive the love of God. I don't know. God wants to do some therapy work this morning. Receive the love of God. Receive the love of God. Receive the love of God. This is a good moment for you to just pray in the spirit. I love you. I've established, I've written your name. I've written your name in my book of life, says the Spirit of God. I've tattooed my words in your reins. I remember you in particular. I know you. I've counted the hair in your head. I think of you. I am mindful of you. You're not just another number on the human earth. I created you specifically for a purpose and a plan. You matter in the scheme of things. You matter. You have consequence in the presence of God. God created only one of you. And Christmas exists to show us that God himself will compel his entire magnitude into a basic baby and come to the earth to bless you. Say amen. Amen. This is what God is giving us. This is what God is blessing us with. But you know what we do? We're actually fighting to be relevant among men. We are fighting to be important among human beings. That's what we are fighting for. So we arrange our ministry. Yeah? So, so that men can notice that we have influence. So that men can carry us along into their, into their harem. So that kings will welcome us. You understand? So we measure our ministry success by how many seats we pack out. Do you understand? Like, the devil comes to me from time to time. I told you guys about one day when I was about to preach. I think I was about two months ago. And the devil told me, like, do you think you're really succeeding? Yeah, do you think you're succeeding, Pastor Mo? How many years ago did you start this church? How many are you now? Uh, do you remember the other pastor? You guys started at the same time. How many are with him now? So that in the end, you are actually judging your ministry by how many seats you pack out. So that what happens at the end of the day is that you are doing everything to pack out seats rather than touching people, rather than impacting people. So we can be on that rat race where we are trying to make our auditorium finer. We're trying to make our air conditioner more chill. So have you, have you seen our air conditioning in church? 
We're trying to make our choir more sleek so that our choir, my choir, is better than yours. <laughs> None of us is coring the presence of God. None of us is sitting with people until God be formed in them. Paul says, my little children of whom I travel until Christ be formed in you. Are we measuring our church by the power of his ability to form human beings who are after God? Are we measuring by how many seats we pack out? We try to measure our wealth by the Forbes list. Forbes has 30 under 30 billionaires in Nigeria. 40 under 40 CEOs. We know that in the past, Forbes will list someone and then after our FBI will catch the person and say it's like this guy is a fraudster. But we still look at Forbes as a use for evaluating whether we're good. I met a guy once who said to me, Pastor Mo, Brother Mo, I was called Brother Mo then. Brother Mo, I have ambition. I said, really? That's good. This guy will sing. He will sing. The Holy Spirit will literally touch the room. But that day he came to me and said that this message that our pastor preached today, he now has made a choice that he's not going to continue to sing worship. He's just going to go and sing in the world because he wants to win a Grammy. The kind of music he's singing will never give him a Grammy. He wants to win a Grammy. That guy used to sing one of the Canoli songs. Come be with us, Lord, speaking us your word. For there's no other way to know real life, real life. Ah. Open, open our highest eyes. Today in us, today, today in us today we now welcome you to transform and renew breathe into us new life mold us your way do you know eh, your heart from inside your soul will be cutting they'll be cutting your intestines when this guy is singing a mighty worshiper that turns hearts back to God but then his ambition was that he must win Grammy. And the last ahead of him to France, he was singing in nightclubs. Has he won the Grammy? It's 20 years now. I'm not saying he would never win the Grammy, but the devil tempts you with this limelight and say this is the standard. And you run after it all your days. So the hope you are running after is actually not the real hope you should be running after. In the music and the arts, we wait for the Grammys to tell us who is the perfect. But we, the Grammy actually cuts off people who don't align with their, their goals. You can be performing, Jackie Chan said, after 50 years, after how many years, 30 years, they gave him one. Said, now finally I have this. It looking like a toy. After breaking how many bones? <laughs> we go to fact checkers for our truth. The fact checkers are trying to prove something else. So we're holding on to fact checkers if they will give us truth. But actually their truth is, is tempered, is, temp is, is temperatured by what they want to say. Many of us will live by reviews. How many Amazon reviews does it have? Then we buy it. What does the fashion police say about the dress? Then we buy it. You know me, like I don't follow fashion police. <laughs> I don't care about fashion police. So fashion police will tell you what to wear. Ah, no, no, fashion police will arrest you. Do you understand? We buy books because Oprah says we should buy them. We watch movies because Netflix review says they are the highest rated. 
we have no internal compass. We are following the opinions of the world. <laughs> we have defined beauty, purpose, and value by how much we enjoy things. So, if we don't enjoy anything, we let it go. If the service is one kind, we don't know. Like, if it, are we not better if we are sitting in church and God is happy at the end of this service than we are happy? But we tune our service to say, don't talk like that. Do you understand? We tune our service to say, no, let it not be like this. We will not enjoy the experience. We put experience above pleasing God. What would be pleasing God in this service if it's not for all of you to stand up and begin to speak to him? But we're putting what people are thinking, what my neighbor next to me is thinking above your voice. When we come together and gather together, I guess the most important thing is your voice lifted up to God. But we're constantly judging our environment to see whether we're politically correct, whether we're, whether we're aligned to people before we act what is right. And God wants to break that. John chapter 5 verse 44. This one I want us to read together. John chapter 5 verse 44. Let's read it together. One, two, go. One more time. How can you believe if you accept glory from one another? Yet you do not seek the glory that comes from the only God. We love the reviews of other people. We love the honor of men. We love what people say about us. We say like, how many people say, I don't care what other people think about me. You know that's not true. You know that's a big lie. Who say like, I don't care about reviews. Like, come on. You don't care about likes. You don't care like if you make a post and you have one million likes, you don't care? Like really? That's not true. That's not true. We all have a place inside of us where they tell you, oh, can you look at the person next to you and see something nice about them and say to them, let's practicalize this. Say something nice to someone. Say something nice to someone. All of you guys, some of you are hard, hard face, hard face, strong face. Say something nice to someone. You like their hair. You like their dress. There's just something nice to say about someone to everyone. Like, really, we all love compliments. We all love reviews. And the Bible says, we are now going around looking for reviews from each other. We don't look for the review that counts the most. That is why God offers us hope that we can't see the hope that God is offering us because we are waiting for reviews from men. We care so much about the evaluation of men that we jettison the most important evaluation of all. This is what God wants you to have. Hope, glory, oil from him. This is the darkness that covered all humanity before Jesus came. But we are now perpetrating it even after Jesus has come. So we need to go back to before Jesus came to see what he came to break. This was the same spirit of darkness that covered men. Men were trying to do things by their own selves. Men were trying to outdo each other. Men were competing. Men were broken. Men were falling. Looking and comparing themselves to each other. The Bible says, comparing yourself one to another, you are not wise. There is no wisdom in comparison. And of course, all reviewers say comparison is a thief of joy. But we compare to analyze, we compare to evaluate, we compare to understand. We all stereotype. We all do. Now Jesus came to offer you hope. 
now Jesus came to offer you another kind of glory now Jesus came so I don't want to make this message so Christmassy that you forget that Jesus came to offer hope 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 and that's actually where we are concluding because this is not an everlasting sermon this is just very very short and to the point this morning is it already very long is it long already okay somebody said yes it's long already so let's go to Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2 to 7 we'll end here three or four things I will pull out from this Isaiah I know we like verse 6 unto us a child is born but there's a foundation to that you know you need to read some scripture in context so let's read this together one two go the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. You have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor as in the days of Midian. For every warrior's sandals from the noisy battle and the garments rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel for fire. Verse 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We stop at verse 7, of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward even forever this will perform this go back to verse 2 let's take it verse by verse number one thing those who live in darkness have seen a great light one of the first things that the coming of Jesus Christ does is to bring light into darkness. Those who live in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in confusion will now have power. Those who lived in ignorance will now have knowledge. Those who lived in darkness will now have light. Then number two thing, verse, verse three. You have multiplied the nation and increased the joy. The number two thing that happens is the repair of the broken nation and to feel sadness with joy. Say amen. amen. Jesus did not just come so that we'll have light. He came to restore joy. He came to restore a certain knowledge of the presence of God. He came to restore the nation. He came so that the nation will be brought back to what it's supposed to be. He came so that nations will have back its identity and its identity is joy in the Lord. Say amen. Yeah. And this joy is like the joy of the man who planted and is coming at the time of harvest. Remember Psalm 126, those who sow in sorrow shall rejoice shall reap with joy those who go forth bearing precious seed carrying the sheaves carrying carrying the seed weeping will doubtless come back rejoicing bringing in the sheaves talking about planting talking about planting of souls talking about those people who make holy adventure if you can leave your country and go to another place because of the gospel if you can go crying to new territories if you can push yourself beyond your comfort zone because you want to do it for the gospel when you come back there will be a sound of rejoicing amen not just only rejoicing in your country or in your town do you know we were sent to the earth to come and farm and harvest right where is the biggest rejoicing Oh, oh man, nobody knows. 
Where is the biggest rejoicing? Exactly. So Stephen was being stoned. And all of a sudden in his eyes opened and he could see Jesus standing to receive the first Messiah of the church and the whole of heaven waiting like, whoa, go Stephen, go Stephen. On earth they were cursing him in heaven. They were welcoming him. Those who carry precious seed in their lives, carrying sorrow in their lives, carrying sacrifice in their lives, planting holy seeds across the world, will doubtless return to the gates of heaven with a shout of joy when you arrive. Not everybody will arrive heaven the same. Some of you arrive to heaven. They'll just say, eh, you don't come. Some of you, when you arrive heaven, it will be like Independence Day. <laughs> Oh my God. Oh, you guys don't know what Independence Day looks like. When we're young, we used to do Independence Day. March pass. The governor of the state will stand. All the secondary school iron our uniform. Come and see our ghetto. Hey. Color party will advance. Some of you don't know that in heaven, we're not going to be equal. We're not going to be equal. Oh my God. <laughs> The amount of investment you invest in the journey of your life will determine how you arrive. Yes. Those who carry precious seed, weeping, will doubtless rejoice, come back, coming back, bringing in the sheaves. There will be joy. There will be joy. There will be joy. There's no joy like when you're coming back from evangelism and you've won five souls. How many of you know that joy? Ah, you went out to preach. Oh, it's old for you to preach. Some of you don't preach anymore. Oh, you don't preach anymore. Oh my God, you don't preach anymore. Oh, you don't preach. My gosh. I preach every day. I buy people coffee and tea. Come, let's have tea. Oh my God, you know you're going to get two hours of preaching. <laughs> I say the Lord wants you. I stand with you today. Can you make a journey with God? Can you begin a new season? Can we establish that you belong? Can we surround your perimeters with the presence of God? Can we build a wall? Around? Oh, sorry, I gave out my secret for some of you who I'm still evangelizing. <laughs> Honestly, there is something God has given to you. When you plant that seed, you will come back with joy. There's another kind of joy that is not the joy from acquisition or the joy from reviews or the joy from men. There's another kind of joy. Hallelujah. Verse 4. Allow the boy to relax. It's his father's house. For you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of the oppressor as in the days of Midian. Something else Jesus came to do was to break the rod of the oppressor. There are so many people in the world who have made themselves into human gods. There are small, small gods who oppress people, who crush people, who with the little authority they have, they can't wait to press somebody's neck. God says the coming of Jesus Christ is to break oppression. Say amen. Amen. The small gods, the small thing gods, the men who have made themselves into authorities that have not been approved by God. God, the coming of Jesus Christ is to crush that. In the name of Jesus Christ, I declare that in your life, as you receive the full import of the coming of Jesus Christ, oppression will cease from your life in the name of Jesus Christ. The men who rise up to crush you cannot do it anymore. Yes, the yoke will be broken. Yes, the yoke of his burden will be broken. Some of you are so burdened by the burdens of other men. Some of you are carrying heavy things that other people have put on you. The yoke is broken by the coming of the Messiah. Say amen. amen. This is why he came. Number one, to bring light. Number two, to bring joy. Number three, to break the burden. Are you guys seeing the points out of Isaiah 9? To break the burden. To break the burden. 
Number one, he came to bring light. Those who live in darkness have seen a great light. Number two, he came to increase the joy of the nation, like the joy of harvest, like people who are sharing splendor. Number three, he came to break burdens, to break yokes, to break heavy things that the devil has used to bind people. Number four, he came to burn up war clothes for every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle and every garment rolled in blood will be used as burning fuel for fire. What does that mean? It means that the war is over. You don't need your sandals anymore. It means that the clothes you wore to war are no more relevant. Say amen. It means that from now on the clothes you used to fight your battle will be burnt up because the war is over. You don't need warring anymore in the fullness of the where you stand with God you will burn your battle clothes because if a man's ways please the Lord he will make even his enemies to be at peace with him in his name all oppression shall cease in his name glory will rise in his name men will make peace because of the increase of his government and his peace there shall be no end amen oppression cease oppression cease the noise of war over in the name of Jesus Christ this is the hope that we've been called breaking oppression and then he begins to say unto us verse 6 a child is born unto us a son is given a child is that which is naturally born a son is that which is cultivated. A son carries the import of the house. A child, we are all the children of God. How many of you know that? Even unbelievers love to be called children of God. If you go and stand in Times Square and say, we are all the children of God, everybody will gather around you and say, yes, we are the children of God. Only the crazy will say we're children of the devil because they're a church of Satan now. And they're very few. Those ones are just one trying to react against God to upturn everything we're saying about God. But everybody likes to be called the sons of God. If you watch this movie series called Lucifer, Lucifer is angry against God for treating him bad. Like God has reputation problems and God is just treating his one of his sons, Lucifer, very bad. Do you guys understand the whole idea of that quackery? The whole idea is to make God look bad. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. He will be called wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. There are very few countries in the world that call themselves wonderful one of them one of the cities that call themselves is copenhagen welcome to wonderful copenhagen they go for excellence they go for tidiness they go for long glasses open windows snow meadows islands yachts they just go for beauty so they call themselves wonderful but that wonderfulness is human wonderfulness. This is heavenly wonderful. Say wonderful. Oh, you guys don't. You, you use too many adjectives. So, you know, like my brother has hyperbole problem. So every little thing he will say is great. I will say to him, no, it's not great. He, he, he told me one hotel. This hotel is excellent. When I arrived there, I called him, Ebenezer, come and see. I took him on the tour, showed him the toilet. I said, is this excellent? <laughs> Let's prove it now. It's my brother, I have to be real. I walked him through the place. I said, no, this is not wonderful. This is not excellent. Use your words very carefully. You can say, well, it's okay. You can sleep, there's a bed for the night. It's, it's, it's okay, I, would, I could sleep there. But don't say excellent because that Peaks my expectation. Don't use words flippantly. Do you understand? Some of us are guilty of using big words to qualify something we don't really like. Yeah? Don't do it. So your words will carry power. Do you guys understand? Say wonderful. Say wonderful. What would be wonderful to you right now? 
let's call these names of Jesus Christ wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father prince of peace one more time wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father prince of peace one last time wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father prince of peace wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father prince of peace Mm. that's what God sent God did not send a weak God will not send a broken God did not send a powerless God will not send an inconsequential God did not send a foolish God did not send any of those things He sent wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father prince of peace that's what God sent into your world say amen This is what is supposed to bring us to a thrill of hope. This is what's supposed to bring us to joy that regardless of what happens on the earth, we have something. This is what's supposed to position our mind in the eternity of God that regardless of what we're going through, we have something. We have something germane. We have something powerful. This is what brings a thrill of hope that the hymnist talks about a thrill of hope to a weary world a thrill of hope that makes a weary world to rejoice many of us is the end of the year and many of us are doing dirty december again we haven't learned from 2019 how dirty december brought very dirty january february until now we're still trying to recover when you go to those concerts truly eh, there's energy on the stage Yes, energy on the stage. Have you ever been to a Bonner Boy concert? Even as a believer, you'll be screaming. You won't know when it happens to you. <laughs> a Davido concert. Have you ever been? Ever been? Have you ever been to a stadium when they're playing football? Have you ever watched a real life Man U, Man City match? Hi. Glory is not in church, oh, that thing. That's where glory is. I'm telling you, the electricity. The policemen are not smiling. No. Everybody's like, you, you miss the goal. The man who missed the goal is literally crying and weeping. This is once in a lifetime chance. Do you guys understand the power of the totality of the glory that man has built around these things? Back in those days, we used to see Michael Jackson's shows and we used to wonder how it's so, but it's now so close to us. It's all around us. One lady fell under the anointing. He touched me. He touched me. Michael Jackson touched her. Do you know, when these guys come to shows in Lagos, people do what they were not planning to do one time. I can't remember whether it was New York, which one of them came. And all the ladies removed their bra and threw it onto the stage and they were dancing. <laughs> I don't think they left their house thinking I'm going to remove my, my bra. Guess what happened? Atmosphere. Do you guys understand? Atmosphere. Atmosphere. It's powerful. Don't even play with that atmosphere. But can I tell you something? It has no river. That atmosphere, Nusa said it in the last worship concert, that our atmosphere has no river. You finish and you go home to darkness. Stage lights, back home darkness. Stage lights, back home sorrow. Stage lights, back home brokenness. That high is so bad that they cannot come back normally, step down. Some of them are very heavy on hemp, on drugs, on cocaine. That's the best kept secret of all of these people we call stars. It's not real glory. It's not. Glory has a river. The real glory of the presence of God has a river. When you go back home, it follows you back home. 
this follows you back home it tells you welcome into my presence after a worship concert as you go home to lie you now say thank you blessed be God my father for I touch your presence today the presence of God has a river there's a difference between the hype and glow and the presence of God and many people do not understand the thrill of the presence of God because they are hanging on to that human hope that human high that human high breaks you this spiritual high heals you welcome to the thrill of hope welcome to the thrill of those who worship welcome to the thrill oh silent night holy night all is dark all is calm round yon virgin mother and child over this infant so tender and mild sleep in heavenly peace rest in heavenly peace the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morning. There's another river. There's another place of a flow. Now you've tasted, Jesus said to the woman at the well, you tasted the water that the world will give you and you are thirsty. The water I will give you will be a bubble, a spring, a well on the inside of you springing into eternal life. There is a river. There's a river. The coming of Jesus Christ is a kickstart. It's the first day when he was born. It's a kickstart. It's a kickstarter. It's a kickstart. It's a kickstart. It's like you kick the car and you begin to go ready to go on a journey. The coming of Jesus Christ is a kickstart. Say amen. You've been kicked. You've been you've been started you need to go on a journey now some of you have started but you stopped where the journey of the kickstart are now you need to drive the vehicle you need to begin to navigate into all the realms of god you need to begin to journey into all that god has in store the coming of the baby was to reconcile man and and god to reconcile sinners back to their god so now you have something now you have power now you have grace that is what Christmas is about. A thrill of hope. The power of hope. The power of freshness. The power of newness. The power of those who can call upon God. The power of standing today and knowing that there is no barrier between you and your Father. The power of knowing that if you open your mouth today, the heavens will say, welcome home. The power of a connection between the broken world where you are no more looking for the accolades of men. You are looking for the endorsement of heaven. The power of the welcome. The power of the breaching of the bridge. Are there any believers here this morning who will say I will lift up my voice to my Lord I will lift up my voice to my father I am reconnected I don't know where you may be in your life and what the lies the devil has surrounded you let those lies drop right now let the thrill of hope bubble on the inside of you let hope rise let hope rise let hope rise this morning in the name of Jesus Christ lift up your voice now let's pray let, let's pray on top of your voice Lena Shia Debre no Stama I can't hear you, church. Lift up your voice. Oh, I can't hear you, church. Lift up your voice. Don't worry about which on your left and your right. You have access. That's what the coming of Jesus Christ represents. Thank you for access into the treasure rooms of my God. Thank you for the hope that never disappoints. Thank you for connecting me to heaven. Thank you for connecting me to your presence. Thank you because in your presence there is fullness of life. I have life in me because you're here with me. I know that you are here filling me with your power, filling me with your glory. I receive life from you. I receive grace from you. I receive strength from you. Oh Lord, my God, I thank you because you're filling me with eternal life. You're filling me with eternal presence. I thank you, my God. I bless you, my Redeemer. Someone needs to cry out to God. Father, so many things have made me hopeless for so long. How could I be so hopeless? without realizing that you sent me hope already. I do not seek the honor from men. I now seek the honor that comes from you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I press in into you. I press in into you. A thrill of hope. A thrill of hope. A thrill of hope.
the coming of Jesus Christ brings hope into my life. I receive hope in the name of Jesus Christ. I was walking in darkness, but now I have light. You have multiplied my joy as the joy of a nation. As a man rejoices before the spoil, you have increased my joy. Father, all the clothes, all the sandals I've used for war, it's time to burn them up. It's time to burn up my war clothes. It's time to burn up my war send us because in your name all oppression shall cease I receive life I receive the fullness of your coming I receive the kickstarter yes Lord God you started something in my life you started something in my life let's pray together don't stop don't stop don't stop you started something in my life let your glory go on and on and on unstoppable God let your glory go on and on and on let your power be manifest oh God I yield myself I open my spirit I journey with you I do not look for the glory that comes from men I look for eternal glory I look for excellent power I look for your glory I look for your strength oh God of the increase of your kingdom there shall be no end the government shall rest upon your shoulder you shall be called wonderful mighty God everlasting father prince of peace of the increase of your government there shall be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom you will sit to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward even forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this your zeal will do it order your kingdom establish it build your government that men will not be able to stand before you in the name of Jesus Christ thank you O Lord Thank you, Lord. There is a redeemer. Jesus. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.